theyeshiva.net. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. We're holding Bamidbar here, Taftazayan, at page 31 in Bamidbar. Tazayan Amit Bays, the second column of Taftazayan, which will be page 31. We're in the middle of the second column. And the line starts with Chinas Mazlayu de Chazu. There's a long parenthesis that was added by the Tzamach Tzedek as footnotes to his grandfather's discourses. So we'll go after the parentheses. You see? We go umnum. It's low, lower in the page. Go after the parentheses. You see? It's a very, very long parentheses. Parentheses goes till 32. So we could learn the parentheses. Well, first we have to finish the pnim because the parentheses are the husband on the pnim. Wait, no, that's that's its own parentheses from the small words, you see. This parenthesis stops on page thirty two. You see this two parentheses. So it's actually I said thirty, really the end of the parenthesis is thirty two, which is Peric Peric Dalit. Of course, always. Ah, huh? no, parentheses is bavonin zit, but yeah, okay. We'll address it, but we we, uh, we could do the parentheses also, but you just we just have to first learn this thing. So in Peri Gimel, we explained the concept of im ein chachma ein yira. There is the yira that comes through chachma, meaning through Torah precisely. One can experience something of this what we call soiv of kalalman. Because Huva Chachma Seyecha Torah is Chachma, Hashem is Shoyre in Chachma, and when a Jew learns Torah, so uh, when a Jew learns Torah, we have the Gilui of Hashem because it's the Chachma, and the main Gilui is in the Makar of Torah Chachma Ilah, and that's a mazel which trickles down into the Torah that we learn, any level of Torah you learn, even the most simple level of Torah, the way the Torah is enclosed in Gashmias. One learns that Torah. And the Zayar says that Yisrael is Kashan by Raisa. Jews are connected to Torah and Torah is connected to Hashem. So the Jew's soul is connected to Torah and every Neshama has a source in the Isisa Torah. So when a Jew learns Torah down here, the Shorish of his Neshama gets awakened in the state of Mazel. And the Gili Odin Saif of Torah and the source of Torah, the Mazel of Torah, affects the mazel of the neshama l'mayla. So there is some awe that even commun- is communicated even to the neshama down here, like the case of mazlai chazi. So that's the imein chachma, ein yire. But it starts off, imein yire, ein chachma. If there's no chachma, there's no yire, because the deepest yire comes through chachma. But we also say in Pirkei Yavis, imein yire, ein chachma. There's no yire, there's no chachma. In other words, to have chachma, you have to have yire. She says, ach kedei lovi l'mayla madrei person to reach this state of consciousness to be able to access the source of Torah which is the higher Hashem's own which in that is enclosed the energy of the infinite one and it's completely unified with like we said before that that in Chachma you have Eiraisim Chachma Nafkas. In Chachma you have the Eirin Seif Baruch Hu. We explain the concept of Chachma, which is Bittel, and that's Torah. 
and he is one with his Chachma, and that main gili is in the Makar of Torah, which is Chachma law. So for a person to access this, that this should express itself and it should be manifested in the learning of Torah which is in front of us in other words the Torah that we learn which is enclosed in material themes material concepts to the point that we said that this can engender a tremendous sense of awe a natural sense of awe because of what the Torah is accessing because when the neshama here is learning Torah, the neshama there is learning Torah. The mazl is also learning Torah. The mazl of the neshama, which is always, where every Jew is connected to Torah. There's the Torah down here. There's the source of Torah. So the neshama, which is the mazl of the neshama, what we explained, is always connected with Torah. So when a Jew learns Torah, the mazl of the neshama experiences the mazl of Torah. In the mazl of Torah, we have the save of Kalam. And so even though down here I can't access it in a conscious way, Nonetheless, it affects the person. And it affects this aim of a charadagdel that Daniel spoke about in the Gemara, discusses in Megillah. But in order to have in order to, the introduction to this, on this chazal, this is the lower level of yira, which is expressed in the fulfillment of mitzvahs in Poyal. So for the yira, that comes from the godliness in Torah. That year is stage B. That's Imein Chachma Ein Yira. The year that comes after Chachma Satayra. But before that, there's Imein Yira Ein Chachma. So we asked, which one do you begin with? The answer is, there's Yira Tata and Yira Ilah. Yira Tata means a lower level of awe. Yira Ilah is a higher level of awe. The lower level of awe, this is Yira Sashem on its most basic level which is expressed in Kiyom, Mitzvah, Maisius, Bepoyal Mamash. Without that, even if a person is learning Torah, there's no way that he can experience the mazel, the flow, the trickle of the Kedusha that exists in Torah to create that Ema. There's no way without the Yiritata. So here he's introducing the concept that there is a lower level of awe which precedes Chachma. There's a higher level of Yirah which follows Chachma. Generally, this is known in Sifre Hanister as Yiri Tata and Yiri Ilah. A lower level of fear or awe and a higher level of awe. What's the difference? What's the difference between Yiri Tata and Yiri Ilah? So here, just a general Vart Bechlau when we speak about Yiri. What does Yiri mean? Yiri is Hashem, is Hashem Alekecha Tira. There's a mitzvah of Avas Hashem, Vahavtas Hashem Alekecha. And then there's a mitzvah of Yirah, Hashem. It's one of the mitzvahs Asay. As Hashem, a a person should have Yirah Hashem. How do you teach Yirah Hashem? Generally speaking, people often teach it as Yirah Ha'inish, meaning you're afraid of punishment. You're afraid of consequences. Just like a person is afraid of Tati, or afraid of Mami, at least in the olden days. What were you afraid of? You're afraid of that if Tati finds out what you did in school or Tati finds out how you behaved, the consequences. I don't know if that fear still exists in 2016. Maybe it's the other way around. Tati is afraid of the child. You can call the police. But, uh, but uh, that's the pastor's how we teach year. You're afraid of the consequences. That's not the year he's talking about here. That's a type of year. But that's not a year from Hashem. <laughs> 
that's a year from what Hashem is going to do to me. In other words, I'm afraid for my own skin. I'm afraid of my own flesh. It's like a person, I'm afraid of you. Because, you know, you say a person's afraid of his wife. What is he afraid of? He's afraid of what she's going to do to him or what she's not going to do to him. You know, she'll throw him out of the house. She'll give him some uh, negative treatment or she's afraid of him. So that's Yira. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me. So essentially, the fear is, that is self-directed. It's just because you have the power to do this and this. I'm afraid of you. But it's not I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of what is going to happen to me as a result. Just like in love. There's two types of love. When I love you because of what I get from you, so it's not that I love you. I love myself. And I'm going to get from you something from me. So it's not that I love you. It's I love what I'm getting from you. In other words, I love me. And then because I need you for me, because you're going to give me things. They say about from Rabbi Saul Salante. Saul Salante, his name was Lipkin. He's the founder of the Muslim movement. His last name was Lipkin. So uh, there was a chief, joint chief, the chief of staff of Israel some years ago was Amnon, Lipne, Amnon Lipkin Shachak was a enikl of Ibsal Salanta. So um, some of the Lipkins are enikl of his. So they say that he once saw a Jew who was eating chicken with a lot of gusto, with a lot of passion. So the Bisral Salanta asked him, why are you so passionate about the chicken? He says he loves, he loves the chicken. What should he say? He loves it. Bisral Salanta apparently said... It's interesting, you love the chicken, and you love the chicken so much, and you had it uh, killed, slaughtered, and plucked, and sliced, and cut, and sautéed, broiled, roasted, cooked, and barbecued, until it's going to be converted into your blood, and make an entry into your bloodstream. Is this what you do with all those you love? You murder them, and then you pluck them, and then you eat them? He said, let's clarify the statement, you don't love the chicken. You love your taste buds. You love your abdomen. You love your mouth. You love uh, the taste of food. It's not love the chicken. It's you love yourself. And the chicken happens to contribute to that. So therefore, you say you love the chicken. This was a profound meditation because what he was really clarifying is when I say I love you, what do I mean? I love you or I love what you do for me. In other words, I love me. And you are a din as you would say in yeshiva, du bist a din in mir. Right? You're just a, you're a din in me, it's part of me. I think there's an expression in Chayvis HaLavavis, Rabbeinu Bechayi Ibn Pekuda, the author of Chayvis HaLavavis, he says, one of the, those svarim says, Kol ahava chayzeris el ha'oyev. Love is essentially about the lover. And fear is about the one who fears. Right? I fear what you're going to do to me. It's completely not about you. It's completely about me. Elama, you're in a position of power. So therefore, either I love you or I hate you. But it's not you, it's what it does to me. Which is in itself an important reflection of how we relate to other people. That's called Ava of Schar, or Yira of Einish. That's not Yiras Hashem, the way it's discussed in Sifri Chzidus. Although, anything that can stop you from doing the wrong thing is a good thing. In other words, whatever is, any meditation that's going to stop you from doing bad things is showing good. I, it may be a lower state of consciousness, fine, okay. So if Yiris HaOinosh does the job and the Vaila person is not getting into trouble, there's people who don't do illegal things, not because they care, but because they don't want to get caught. <laughs> Their friend got caught, they don't do it. You know what? You're not getting yourself in trouble? Nishka
There's worse, 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 worse things you could do in life. Real Ava, real Yira begins on already a higher level. Real Ava, real Yira begins actually, there's a love to you. Or there's an awe from you. What is this? This is Yiras Hashem. Not the year of the Oynish of Hashem or the Schar of Hashem. I'm afraid to lose the Schar to get the Oynish. But here the focus is actually on Yiras Hashem. It's a sensitivity to the relationship itself. What is this Yiras Hashem? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Generally, the word fear, Yiras Hashem, engenders, if you think about it, not necessarily comfortable emotions. How comfortable are we with the emotion of fear? Why do you fear God? Or do you fear God? But if you fear Hashem, what is the basis of this fear? What do you think most people will tell you? Why are they afraid? What are they afraid of? And what does that tell us about what they think of Hashem? Anybody? You don't have to all answer at once. You're afraid you lose your job. Huh? You're afraid you lose your job. It gives us a vision of Right. In other words, year is often seen as a vindictive force. Isn't it just? A, isn't it an awareness? Huh? Year is awareness. Right. So the question is, what is it? An awe- what's the awareness that strikes fear into my heart? Right. So that's what we're going to discuss the two levels, but all, both of them. Huh? No. No, no. No. Not at all. Not at all. Yerushalayim is lower than Yeratata. <laughs> It is what it is. It is what it is. As I told you, anything that gets you out of trouble, you know what I mean? If a person doesn't do things because he doesn't want to get caught, okay. Better, right. That's the truth. It's better to translate year as awe. Simply for psychological reasons, even forget about accuracy, probably more accurate too. But when we hear the word fear, it's basically fear of somebody who's vindictive, somebody who's impulsive. Children who fear their father or fear their mother, they don't know what's coming, but they know it's going to be bad. <laughs> That's what they know. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of my boss. Why am I afraid of my boss? I know he's not a logical person, he's not a sensible person, he's not a kind So I'm afraid. There's no relationship. So Yiris Hashem really has to be like many things. It has to be reframed. And I want to explain what it is. Yiris Hashem means, it's a very beautiful idea. <laughs> It's a very romantic idea, if I may say so. Yiris Hashem means, this relationship is too precious to me, and I'm afraid to lose it. The relationship is so precious, I'm afraid to ruin it. I'm afraid to break it. Let's talk about it in a marriage, because it's just an easier muscle to understand. Sometimes couples are afraid of each other. Many, many men are frightened of their wives. And some of them, that's exactly what holds them in Chaltzei and Deram. And they're partially frightened. They're afraid. Once you get the text, where are you? He's already trembling and shaking. Now, fear doesn't necessarily mean you do what she wants. Fear just even means you get angry. The reason you get angry is because you're afraid and you're not uncomfortable. That's all a different type of year. But then there's a year where you say as follows. You know, let's say you have a best friend. Like, really, really best friend. You walk into Shul or you walk in somewhere else and people are telling a juicy, you know, story about him. Call it gossip. Present shul and present company excluded, of course. And uh, they ask you a question. And uh, 
you walk away, you mix out. And why? Not because you're afraid of punishment. Because this relationship is too precious for you to tamper with. It's too precious for you to ruin. A person who has a relationship with his spouse, and he's, there's a year, I don't want to destroy this relationship. Not that I'm afraid of a punishment, or I'm afraid of consequences. That's one thing. I'm not afraid of consequences. What's motivating me here is, the relationship is so beautiful, it's so precious, it's so powerful. I don't want to damage it. It's too meaningful to me. This is not a year of, that I will lose something because you're going to punish me. Yes, I am going to lose something. I'm going to lose the relationship. But what's relevant here is that I don't want to lose the relationship. The Kesher is too precious and I fear losing the Kesher. This is Yiri Tata. But it's still called Yiri not Ava. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still called Yiri. Because the focus here is not the Ava the love, the desire that I want to be close to you, but actually the fear of the relationship being ruined. In your example, why would, instead of mixing out, why wouldn't the person go to the defense of the story? Yes. Well, sometimes that he's not, sometimes that's, you know. But isn't that part, isn't that a... Yes, a yes. I, I didn't mean that he mixes out, or he, but the point is he will not be he part, he will not be part of, uh, of this slander. So, for example, if the relationship means enough, He's going to be a defense. He's yes, be a defense. yes, 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 yes. We say Rosh Hashanah, kal Yitzur Yitzarte. So it's brought in Sifri Chassidus that there's two types of friends. Sometimes I have a friend, I love him. But if other people don't, it's fine. I like him, other people don't, it's fine. Sometimes I have such a friend, I can't tolerate that other people don't love him. I have to convince them also. So Rosh Hashanah, we say, It's not just enough that I have the relationship. I want every person to their hair as, So that's a higher level? To... Yeah, I'm just saying, sometimes you mix out. My point was, that it's not just, my friend is going to find out and he's going to punish me. I have, the relationship is too precious to ruin. That's Yeritatah. That's the fear. A Jew has fear. What's the fear? Not that he's vindictive. Not that God is going to take revenge. Not that you can't trust him. Not that he's chas v'sholem evil and bad and he hates him and he's looking for a way to punish him and ostracize him and get back on him. Of course I'm afraid. No. He loves you maybe more than you love yourself. He loves you unconditionally. The Yisaita Yisaita says that Hashem's love to a Jew, to a person, to every nivra, is absolutely infinite and non-negotiable. It says in Zoya Parsha Shmois. How can you No, not losing it. Ruining the relationship. You're not losing it, he'll still love you. But it's too precious a relationship to lose. How can you, how can you ruin it if God loves you? You won't ruin it. You won't, ru- you won't ruin the relationship essentially, but you will not be able to be conscious of it anymore. You're cutting yourself off, yeah. You're cutting yourself off. A, a, a child who rebels against mommy and tati, they may still love him unconditionally, but he's not part of their life. At least in his consciousness, he's not part of his life. And it's too precious for me. It's too precious for me. I was talking to a boy, so he went to, what's that organization? Foot, uh, footsteps. footsteps, yeah? They help religious kids uh, integrate into the secular world. So they do big Shabbos meals. They make Kiddush and everything. 
it's, it's a phenomenon. So uh, this boy was telling me that uh, he went to Footprints. He left Yiddishkeit. He's a teenager from Barapur. He left Yiddishkeit completely. He went to Footprints. So a few weeks later, he came home. <laughs> so his mother was very excited. Shabbos. His mother, what happened? So the boy says, so I'll tell you, the warmth that I experienced here at the Shabbos table, I can't experience there. The Vadim kite that I had here at the Shabbos table, I can't experience it. They can't give it to me. So mainly came back home. So that's when somebody is appreciative of that relationship, I don't want to I don't want to sever it, I don't want to cut it. That's the first level of Yira. Yira Tata. So it's not fear because you're a crazy Meshugana and I can't trust you and you're a tyrant, and you're a dictator, and you're impulsive, and you're vindictive. No, on the contrary. You're so good, and the, the relationship with you is so powerful, I'm afraid of losing it. I'm not going to do anything that will undermine this relationship, this connection. That's already the first level of Yiras Hashem, versus Yira, I'm partially frightened because of the Einish, or I'm frightened because you're negative. Yira should never be associated with negative emotions. Yira is a very positive and beautiful emotion. It's a very beautiful emotion. It's the opposite of Ava, and it's an extension. What do I mean opposite meaning? It's part of the experience of Ava. It's a different direction. It's an opposite direction. It's not the feeling of love. It's the feeling of, of, of fear. But what's the fear? The fear is, this is too beautiful to ruin. You got it? That's Yiri Tata. So what's Yiri Law? This sounds pretty good. <laughs> what's Yiri Law? The difference between Yiri Tata and Yiri Law is Yiri Tata is something that comes from the person's experience. Yiri Law is something that comes from above. It's a higher level of all because I cannot create it in me. I cannot participate in it. I'll give an example. I once went with my wife to the Grand Canyon. The first time I went to the Grand Canyon, so uh, I read up on it before, and I knew, I knew quite a lot about the Grand Canyon, I mean, relatively speaking. So I was expecting what to see. I knew what it looks like. I've seen the pictures. I know the Grand Canyon. I was expecting it. I just wanted to see it. So we got out of the car, I remember, and we walked over, and there's the place over there where you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. And I remember I went there, and I looked at it, and I, like, lost my breath for, like, 30 seconds I was like not present. I was in complete awe. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't expect this. In other words, everything I expected was what I expected. But actually, when you, when you experience it, sometimes your breath is taken away. You couldn't initiate that. Because like we spoke with Chachma and Bina, what I initiate is that which is relegated to my imagination. But what happens when I experience it on its terms, not on my terms, then... I melt away beyond my own preparations because actually it overtook me in a way that overwhelms one's, one. You can't prepare for it. And that's the difference between Yiri Tata and Yiri Ilah. Yiri Tata would be a Yiri that a person can generate within themselves. It's based on their identity. It's based on their contemplation of who God is and what's God's relationship with them from a very healthy, profound, spiritual, meaningful point of view, it creates a very good sense of year. A fear to destroy such a precious relationship, which is essentially a fear 
of really cutting myself off from my true self. Yiri law comes from something that's above me. It's an experience when God enters into my life. When Hashem enters into my life, it's not coming from my own experience. It's coming from something above me. This creates a whole different type of uh, different type of yira. Yeah, this is the aim of a charada g'dayl. This you can't prepare for, and this overwhelms you. It's, it's mavatal the person. It's like you lose yourself in the experience. In yira tata, you find yourself in the experience. It's based on your experience of the relationship. Yira ilah, you lose yourself in the experience. It would be like, you know, you hear about a great person, a great man, great individual, you read about them, you study about them, you reflect on them, you hear from other people about them, and it develop, you develop a certain emotion towards them. Positive emotion. I'm talking about a great person. But then there's actually entering their presence. <laughs> and when you enter the presence, now there's a new dynamic that happens. Now, it's not just your understanding of who they are. Now it's actually their energy which can overtake you and obliterate you in a positive sense. Obliterate you meaning in the sense that you become, you melt away in the experience. There's an ecstasy that's not coming because you prepared yourself from your own initiation. You can't initiate for it. It's like an experience that enters into you. Like we spoke about Chachma versus Bina in terms of intellectual capacity, cognition. One is I understand, I get it, and one is it gets me, and therefore it's sudden, it's spontaneous. I didn't know what it's going to be like. Why? Because if I would have known what it's going to be like, it wouldn't have been that. It would have been what I know. This actually has nothing to do with me. It has to do with something that enters into my consciousness. That is Yiri Elah. They once, uh, the Balatanya was once, the Balatanya was once talking to some Talmudim. He was speaking about his friend, his senior colleague, Rabbi Aaron of Karlin. Rabbi Aaron of Karlin was a student of the Magad of Mizrich. He's known in Hasidic history, he's known as Rabbi Aaron Hagadl. The great Rebaran, he's the founder of the Karlin dynasty of Hasidus. He died very, very young. He was around 36. He died in the middle of Chalamayat uh, Pesach. And uh, he's the author of Ka'echsev, you know, the Nigan Ka'echsev people sing on Shabbos. He was a Kaddish alien, Mamish. So the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, was once talking about him. So he said that uh, I'm going to tell you about Reb Aaron of Kalim. He said that his year as Hashem was like the year, I guess he, he chose to give a very graphic metaphor that was quite prevalent in Tsarist Russia. A man who was sentenced to be killed by the firing squad, by the Tsar, in, in Tsarist Russia. And the man is taken to the yard where he's going to be shot, and he's blindfolded. And the executioner is standing there and is standing with the revolver and is about to pull the trigger. And the man fears him pulling the trigger. And that level of fear that he has in his heart, that was the level of yira that Rebaran Karliner had when he was in a state of moichin de katnos. Meaning, when he was in a fallen, primitive state of spirituality, in lowest consciousness state, that was the level of yira he had from an Aveda. So they asked the Balatanya, so now tell us what type of yira did he have when he was in a state of moichin de gadlus, when he was in a more developed state. He says, you won't even be able to understand it. Lav kal I can't describe it to you, so therefore he didn't even give a marshal. Why can't he describe it? Because the pshat is, there's a certain level of yira, I can't prepare you for it. I can prepare you for things that you can comprehend. 
And then there is, I can't prepare you for it, because for this you have to experience the it. It's not something that you will be able to wrap your brain around and your heart around, because that's a year that relates to your experience, to your terms, which is wonderful, but that's Yiri Tata. Yiri law comes from the outside, it comes from something that's above. He comes into the king to the point that the Metzius of the Melech is present, and the person like loses himself in the process. Now, uh, this is a very healthy experience to have. We don't have it much in our world, but this is a very healthy experience to have, where a person loses himself in an experience, doesn't only find himself in every experience. We try to replicate it, but the thing is you can't replicate it if you don't have what? In other words, to replicate this, uh, for example, with a, uh, a celebrity, right, is ridiculous, because you're losing yourself in the presence of something that you should actually run away from because <laughs> there's nothing here. <laughs> they should probably have year. In other words, so we replicate it because the human soul craves for it and yearns for it. But to become delusional and you know delude yourself to having year for something that really is, is, is garbage, it's, it's filth. There's no, there's no. It's pointless. It just debases the soul. And even within more elevated circles, perhaps. <coughs> You know, if it's just uh, indoctrinated, so then ultimately it catches up to you because there's no real substance here to have yira. But the concept is a very meaningful idea, and that's why I use the expression, the, the concept of you know, somebody who's a really a big, big tzaddik of tremendous proportions. So there's what you hear and what you feel and what you know and what you describe and what you experience, and then there's actually being in their energy, and now there's a different vart because it's their energy. It's not my energy defining them, it's their energy defining me, and that is a state of, it's a muscle for Yira, for Yira Allah. What is the mechanism that actually happens? There? You lose yourself. What's the mechanism? When you saw the Grand Canyon, or perhaps for Shalom, you see a beautiful woman, or whatever, a person loses themselves. What it actually takes place? What happens there? Yeah, what actually takes place? If you can answer that. I don't know. Neurologically, we have to ask the, the neurologists. Psychologically. But I guess uh, psychologically or emotionally or spiritually, what happens is, I mean, they discuss certain neurons in the brain that get triggered. I mean, it's a gun What? But uh, what, what, what we're addressing here more, I guess, is emotionally. Huh? It's not you should. Yuri Loy is not you should. You can't tell somebody. I think the process is really the person becomes one with the cosmos. You don't feel yourself as separate at all. It's almost like one becomes nullified in a higher energy and you're just one with it. Not you lose yourself out of terror or out of fear or you become like, you know, when you recoil. You remember when your principal called you in or you recoil in fear, you become like, a, a crunched up little person that's not Yiri Tata that's not Yiri Ilah, that's something else that's called uh, insecurity <laughs> or uh, or you just become a small person that's not Yiri what we're talking here about is the person doesn't get small the person becomes one in other words there's no ego anymore there's no consciousness of the self that separates me from the experience usually when I walk into an experience, there's me, you come into a chasana. There's the chasana, and there's you. 
and you place yourself in the chasana. We all know this, right? You come in, where do I sit? Do I go over to the chasana now? When is my turn to dance? Should I take the telephone? I mean, you could see this on people's faces, right? Guy comes into a lecture. I was giving a lecture the other day. It was a big crowd. So there was one seat empty in front. So the poor guy had to walk through the whole hall and sit down in the front, right? So I could see him walking. So he was trying to behave, but when he sits down, I just noticed these things. He couldn't listen to anything, because with 20 minutes, he was thinking, you know, I came in late, what were they thinking of me? What do I look like? Do I look like this? Of course, nobody even noticed him, but it's irrelevant. Somebody once said the difference of a 20-year-old, a 40-year-old, and a 60-year-old. When you're 20 years old, you're very self-conscious. Who do I am? What what clique do I belong to? What's my gedder? What type of bocher am I? You know, what type of shidduch? What type of yeshiva? Am I this time? Am I yeshivish? Am I very yeshivish? Am I almost yeshivish? Am I modern, semi-modern, worldly, not worldly? Everyone is busy, you know. This is my group. That's my group. What's the mahalach? What are the shatchanah? What does Rosh Hashiva think of me? It's 20. And then when you're 40, you tell yourself, you know what, I couldn't care less what you think of me. This is who I am. You like me, good. You don't like me, oich good. This is who I am. I'm proud of it. I don't care how you look at me. And then when you're 60, you realize nobody was ever looking at you. <laughs> so, so the point is that generally in life, we experience life with an ego. And that's how we do it. It's, it's called self-consciousness. This happened by the Eitz Hadas, sense of self-consciousness. And any situation... It's me placing myself in the situation. And even in the most wonderful situation. It could be whatever. Asud Shabbos, Asud Ashir. But I am here and I'm in this context. In Yiri law, that barrier ceases to exist. There's no I experiencing you. There's you. There's you that pervades the entire energy. And I don't feel anymore a separation. My ego, in other words, is lost. It melts in the unified, integrated, harmonious reality or energy that pervades this moment or this room or this experience. So this, the, the, the feeling, the emotional, psychological experience is that there's absolutely no barrier between me and the experience, which essentially is what we explained Chachma. Chachma means there's no barrier between me and the idea because I let myself go and therefore the idea could fill my cup, my brain, my consciousness. Where in Bina, I I assert myself once again to reclaim my identity. So in life, we're going to go out of the state of Yiri law because I want to reclaim my identity. But there is a moment where the person feels completely oneness. And not forced... It's not abusive. We're not talking about that at all. We're talking about something that's very, very elevated. On the contrary, a person <coughs> craves it, yearns it, because they're not—they're losing themselves, but they're losing themselves as a result of experiencing a truth that ultimately pervades all of existence, and that's why they're losing themselves. They don't want their I to diminish themselves and not allow themselves to experience it. I once heard from a pianist, Great, great people. He played in Carnegie Hall. So I once asked him a question. What's called success for you? What's the definition of success? You're playing a piano. You know the song. You do it well. What's the definition of success? What, what does it mean you were good tonight? So he told me 
something very profound. He says, success means when I'm playing the piano and at some point I'm not present anymore. I'm not playing the piano. The music is flowing through my fingers and I'm not present. That's success. And it's a very meaningful truth. Any artist knows this. A writer, a speaker, an actor, a musician, a composer. There are moments when you're doing it. You're talking, you're lecturing, you're writing. And that's ultimately, I am putting everything into the context, which is fine. That's not success. Success is, I don't hear myself talking anymore. In fact, I'm not even there. I mean mentally. Of course, you're there. But I'm not there. The words are simply flowing. There's a higher energy that comes through the person. That's what real art is. Real art. This is similar to this concept. That the ego loses itself in the oneness of the experience. This is a marshal for what he's going to explain about Yuri Law versus Yuri Tata. So there's Yuri Tata, right? You remember? And there's Yuri Law. The lower level of fear of awe and the higher level. Really, a good translation. That's why I think Yiri Tata is better translated as fear and Yiri Law better as awe. Because Yiri Law is not really fear in the sense of I'm afraid. It's more, it's not I'm afraid. It's not even, it's not even a fear that I initiate. It's not even an awe that I initiate. Yes, yesterday. How do you translate in Yiddish? How do you say awe? Awe in Yiddish? Farcht. How do you say fear in Yiddish? Moira, yeah? So how do you say... Farcht? Oh, so farcht, it's a German word, right? Farcht. You can hear it's a German word. I don't know how you say awe in Yiddish. Is there something like awe in Yiddish? Do Yiddish-speaking people have awe? Sitter? I don't know if tzitter. Tzitter means... Charuda is not awe. Charuda is dread. Or something else. Or as a, it's not. You're not fearful. You're just like wow. It's like wow. It's like you melt. You don't feel yourself, huh? Or in, in Hebrew. It's a guy in Afshar. It's a guy in yet. No, his spiralus means you're moved, by you're affected. It could be in many different ways. You start screaming, you get excited, you start jumping. Spiralus means you get excited. I don't know. That's what the Gemara says. Mala halam be'ema be'yiri be'reses be'zia. Afkan be'ema be'yiri be'reses. Reses is a tzitter. Zia is a shvitz. Ema is a sphere. And yiri maybe reverence in English. Reverence also. Reverence. So this. It's very much. It's very much. It's I mean, that's, that's good for the point. Right. There's, there's, no there's no words for it. There's no words for it. Very good. There's no words. In other words, words come from definition. Huh? I don't think so. Okay, I'll call upon it. So it's two years. There's the year that's the prerequisite for Chachma, 
And there's the Chachma that's the prerequisite for Yira. And one cannot come with, one cannot come before the other. So he says, Right, you see? Everybody has it? Page 32, five lines down. The line starts, The mitzvahs are the mitzvahs of the melech. When a Jew observes them, he fulfills the mitzvah, we say in Parshish Shoftim, you should place upon yourself a melech. The diokir is something that you can do to yourself. In other words, I can accept upon myself a melech. I can accept authority. It's something that I have to do. A melech is not a melech on his own. The people choose him as a melech. There's a din. Soim tasim alecha melech. Chazal say simis harbe. Soim tasim alecha. You place on yourself a melech. That's the concept of yiritata. The Jew chooses a relationship. And the Jew is, is committed to the relationship. It's a commitment. And the fear here is the year that he doesn't want to. He's afraid to, to undermine the relationship to ruin it, to destroy it, because it's too precious, it's too powerful, it's too potent, it's too meaningful a relationship. And we all know when it comes to a friendship, how long does it take to build an authentic friendship? It could take 10 years to build, it could take 20 years to build. How long does it take to destroy? 30 seconds, right? 30 seconds, you could destroy a relationship. So this is the same Tassim Alecha Melech, which is represented in Kiyom HaMitzvahs. This is the Imein Yire Ein Chachma. Why? Why is it represented in Mitzvah Maisei Zepayel Mamash? Because this represents the commitment. The commitment that the Jew has to Hashem, the commitment that the Jew has to the King. And this is the connection of Mitzvahs to Yire Tata. Just like when a person has Yire, and he does the commandment of Hashem, even though he may not be in the presence of the one who's commanding him, but the impact is still there. Yire Law will never happen out of the presence. Because Yiri Law is when you come into the presence of the Melech. And the awe, the energy is overwhelming. But Yiri Tata is not overwhelming. Yiri Tata is just a commitment to a relationship that is very deep. And therefore I'm committed to fulfill His will. Even though I'm not completely in awe and my Metzius is not melting away in complete reverence. So it's expressed in what I do. That's why it's expressed in mitzvahs. Rather, Yireh Law is not expressed in what I do. Yireh Law is a state of consciousness where I'm completely one. In fact, in a state of Yireh Law, it's very hard to do something. Because to do something, you actually have to be in a state where you're capable of doing. Yireh Law is a state where you're like completely melted. And it's fascinating that in the Balatanya's Torah, this is the difference of mitzvahs and limit Torah. Mitzvahs is basically the symptom and the result of Yireh Tata, which leads to Chachma, Imein Yireh Ein Chachma, because without Yireh there can't be Chachma, meaning you're not open to the relationship. So if you're not committed to a relationship, you're not open to the relationship, so you're not open to experience the other. And then once you have Chachma, now you can experience the other Yireh, which is in Torah, which Torah is a Raisim, a Chachma Nafkas, and in Chachma you have the Ein Soif himself, the Soif of Kalalman, and that is expressed in Torah, and, expre- and the neshama who learns Torah is affected by that, and that's the p'chin of the Eim that fell on Daniel's friend, or on Daniel himself, 
That depends on how much the Jew experiences Torah, what level of Torah, what layer of Torah, in its full intent, how, how, how intense that is. So the year is Zui Achana Lahamshech Al Yad the Gilead in Seif Baruch Hu Mamish Hamalubish B'Chachmelon Shadeisa Katayr. This lower year is the preparation to be able to experience the Oyrein Seif Mamish, which is manifested in the Chachmelah, the highest level of Chachma through learning Torah. Yeah, well, every every idea here exists as a marshal with human beings. So yes, it's not exactly the same model, of course, and it's not exactly accurate, but the concept exists also between two human beings. In a relationship between two human beings, again, the concept you have, the, exactly this model, of course, you don't have. Isn't that a dangerous concept, to, to have that with regard to a, a bus of a dog? It could be very dangerous. <laughs> it could be very, very dangerous. Yes. If you're talking with a manipulator, this is what the dictators... Uh, Professional manipulators do, you know, they can hypnotize you in their charisma. This was the power of the Fuhrer of Germany, and millions of people completely losing their identity in his presence. Huh? You ever watch the parades in Germany? The ecstasy that overwhelmed the Jugend, the youth, in the millions. And he was a master manipulator of this. So, you know, every Nekudah in Kedusha can be completely distorted and clipper. That's 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 the fact with everything. But, but could it exist between humans in a, in, a, in a powerful way? Yeah. The, the marshal would be, huh? A big tzaddik. What? Yeah, we're going to say the is similar. Nathan of Gaza, really. Yeah, his spokesman. Well, Shabsi I don't know if it was Mamaj that, but uh, his message and everything. But... Uh, he himself... This gives perspective on the Nusach of Davening. We always say Shabbos, right? And then This order is precise. First, L'cha'ayre, first should be Torah and then mitzvahs. Why? Everybody knows the Gemara in Kedushin, Talmud Maisa. Learning brings to action. If you don't learn, you don't know what to do. First you learn, then you do. So L'cha'ayre, we should ask Hashem, We should have our part in Torah, we should have Atzlach in Torah, and then, Katshenu B'mitzvah No. We start off Katshenu B'mitzvah and then Tzayn Chalkeinu B'mitzvah It's interesting, because in Avas Oilam, every day, not Shabbos and Yom Tov and Krishna, we talk first speak about learning, and then about mitzvahs. The same belibeinu bina, right? Lohavinu, lahaske, lishmoya, lilmud, lilamud, lishmar. The lasses, ulekayim, is called divris, amatari sechad, yav. First there's lahavin, there's lahaskil, there's lishmoya, there's lilmud, there's lilamud, and then there's lasses, ulekayim. But Shabbos and Yom Tov, the order changes. The order every day is consistent with the way it works. You learn and you do. Talmud, Mevel Demais. Shabbos and Yom Tov, we first speak about Katshenu B'Mitzvah Secha, then we say, Chalkenu B'Mitzvah Secha. V'ha'inyin. 
Kipirush Katshenu, because we're not stop talking about mitzvahs. Katshenu, Huloshin, Kiddushin, Ve'erusin. The word Katshenu is not only sanctify us, that itself comes from the word Kiddushin, betrothal. In Halacha, we have a kind of Ederson, marriage, in honor of the Chasana last night. Ukumashakasov, as the Pasuk says in Hosea, and the many people say this Pasuk when they put on Tfilin, Ve'erastich, Lila Oilam, it's Naftoid of Parshish Bamidbar. I will betroth you forever, right? Ve'erastichli loylam, ve'erastichli betzedek, b'mishpat de'amunah, b'hainu a'idei ha'mitzvahs. When we make a bracha, we say, Baruch atah Hashem asher kiddishonu b'mitzvahs. So the world teaches kiddishonu, He sanctified us, He made us holy. A yid does a mitzvah, He becomes holy. No, there's a deeper pshat. Kiddishonu means He married us through His mitzvahs. Miloshin kiddushin, hareat mekudashesli. He betrothed us through His mitzvahs. From the word kiddushin. Which is Eirisin. And that's why we say, Katshena be mitzvah secha, the pchina of Eirastach liloil. Shekemoi, a kiddushin, ahimaydeshin, 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 What is kiddushin in halacha? The chasen takes the ring and he places it on the finger of the bride. She pchina chitsein is bilvat, which essentially, in terms of a relationship, it's external. What did he do? He took a ring and he placed it on her finger. And nonetheless, vaydezayim miskadeshes loy. But as a result of this, she becomes an ishes ish. She's betrothed to him. They are husband and wife now. With all the ramifications. If they want to move on, there's a need for a get, there's a need for a divorce. If Khalila, if Khalila, she goes to somebody else, it's an union of adultery, of Gilearayas. Why? And remember, in the time of Shas, Erisin and Isuyan were 12 months apart. So the first stage was just this. He placed a ring on her finger, or whatever he gave her to be Makadish, the minig is today a ring, and there were two Adis, and she was Makadish, even though she went to live with her father. 12 months later, there was the Chuppah. The chuppah that we make with Shava Brachas, with the whole meal. And then they moved in together to the house. Completely. Halachically, completely. They don't live together physically in the same house and build a family, but Hareat So Taisvus in Kedushin asks, what's the word Kudashas? You're sanctified to me? When she becomes holy when she's married to you? Maybe it's the other way around. So Taisvus Tain is Kudashas, two, two things, right? One is Asrullah kula alma You remember? Like hektish is Asr, people can't use it. Once there's Kiddushan. And then there's Kiddushan from the word Mekudeshesli, Meyuchedesli, Mezumenesli. He says, she's designated. So Lechayr, it's an Indian of Chitzayinis, but she becomes Mekudesh. Then, through the Kesef, Tabas. And then the nickness like bia she am shachapnimis. Then comes bia. What's bia? Bia is phase two, intimacy. Intimacy, the physical relationship. This is called hamshachapnimis, in terms of physical relationships. The ring represents a relationship, but he calls it pchinas chitzonius bulvat, and this is kiddushin. Stage two is nisuyin, which in halacha is manifested in the result of nisuyin, which is they live together bia. And this is an Indian of Amshach Pnimis, as the Pasuk says in Bereshis, Al Kain Yazav Ishis Avives Imavidavak Beishtoi, he cleaves with his wife, Ahayu Lebasar Echa, they become one flesh. In other words, there is an internalized relationship, biologically, physically, which represents emotionally and spiritually. This is a metaphor for our relationship with Hashem. And this is the Pchin of Katshenu Bemitzvah Secha, Vesein Chalkenu Besar Secha. One is Erisin, one is Nisuyan. One is Kesef, one is Bia. Ha'isha niknes b'shalosh drachim, niknes b'kesef, u'b'shtar, u'b'bia. So spiritually, it's three stages. Kesef is the first step, which is Yirit Hata, 
which is Kedushin. And then there is ultimately the union of Shtar, which is Torah, right, the document that the Baal Shem Tov says, which brings to Bia, as we're going to see, the Bechin of Yiri Allah. So the three paths in the mission in Kedushin reflect spiritually also three paths. It's interesting, Alpi Nigla, Alpi Alocha, this is also reflected in a very interesting way. The Mishnah says you can be Makadish a wife in three, a woman in three ways. Test of Shtarbi. The Gemara says, Rav Mangid Amanda Makadish Bibiya Mishum Pritsus. Bia was outlawed for Kedushin. There's still Kesef and Shtar. La Halacha, the Rambam says in Hilchis Ishus, Nag will call Yisrael a Kadish, the Kesef or Beshava Kesef. That's the minute. We don't do Shtar. The minute by Yidin is, you take Kesef or Shavu Kesef. It doesn't have to be money. It could be Shavu Kesef. Comes the Ramah and says in Evan Ezra in the halachas of marriage, and he says, Nog who call Yisrael, that today the minig is Lakadish betabas. Not just Kesef, but to take a ring and give the ring. And the Ramah says, V'yesh l'zetam betikunei zoyar. The reason is because of tikunei zoyar. In other words, the Ramah acknowledges in Ramah in Shulchan Aruch and Evan Ezra, that this is not a halachic uh, consideration, it's a Kabbalistic consideration. Why is it not a Shavu Kesef? It is Shavu Kesef, but it's a Tabas. So he says, that's a Tikkuni Zayin. Tikkuni Zayin, it says, it's like Tefillin. Just like you put on Tefillin as a sign of your marriage to Hashem, the ring is like what she puts on her body. It's like her Tefillin and her relationship with Hashem. A whole Arichis and Tikkuni Zayin, why a ring? Comes the Raka Chavar, it's Hafnas Paneach, the Raka Chavar gone. And he says that even though the Ramah says, Yesh Lozat Tam Tikkuni Zayin, but it's halacha. And the reason it's halacha is because actually it's, 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 it's crucial for the marriage to happen. Why is it crucial? So he says a very interesting kedarka. He has his, uh, his titles that are very original. Dr. Chavah says as follows. The halacha is that kiddushin, you have to give the wife something that becomes completely hers. It's hers. That's why there's halacha. You can't be your makadish with a sefer teira. <laughs> You can't be a Makar Devitain. Huh? Because it's Siburs. So mainly you still have a Shaykhist to it. So since you still have a Shaykhist to it, so therefore it's not a good Kiddushin. So the Ramah says as follows. Here there's a serious problem. What's the problem? The assets or the Nechassim that a woman brings into the marriage, what's called Nechse Melug, the Baal has a certain right to them. Not that he owns it, but he has Paris, what's called fruits. The fruits of it, he has rights to it. So he says, here's an issue. The issue is that if you're giving her something Kiddushin and you still have rights to it, it's not Kiddushin. So he says, in the Zman of Chazal, it wasn't an issue. Because when does the Baal get rights in her Nechassim after Nisuyin? But Nisuyin is 12 months later. So therefore, during Eresin, you gave her whatever you gave her, and I don't care. So whatever you gave her, even though you may have certain rights to it, it's still Kiddushin. But he says, that's why the Ramah comes up with the idea of a ring. Today, the Eresin and the Nisuyin are all together. Under the same chuppah, we do the Eresin, and we right away do the Nisuyin. He does Kedushin, and right after that, you take a break, you do the Ksuva, and then you fill up the cup of wine, you do Sheva Brachas, which is the Nisuyin. So Eresin and Nisuyin are done together. So the Ramah says, if you give her anything, if you give her anything, Stam Kesev or Shava Kesev, and you have rights to it, there's, a, there's, a, there's no Kedushin. Shaking a ring, a ring is a lavush. Because it's a lavush, and she's wearing it, she's wearing it, so here, right, there's nothing, there's no paytas from it, because it's actually something that she's wearing. It's not like a field that you know you're going to plant, and you could sell the fruits. It's real estate that you could rent out. 
right? It's an animal that you could rent out. It's a car. You give her a car, right? And you could give it. To, you could rent it out for somebody. Here, it's a lavush that she wears. So, first of all, two people can't wear the same ring. <laughs> Number two, la yilbash gever simlasisha. So, mela wants it on, and that's why the minig is not just give her a ring. The Zoya explains, give her a ring. Why do we put on the ring? Not, you can't just give her a ring. It has to become a lavush. You're not just giving her a monetary gift that's worth $1,000 or $100. You have to put on the ring on her finger so it's a lavush. So, Mela, it's hers exclusively because now, halachically, you have no rights to it. What are you going to do with it? He says, only then is it a good kiddush. So he says, what the Ramos says, the meaning of the Kairi Shabbat, it's mukhrich in halacha today, once Eris in his son. Now, essentially, you could have also do it with a dress, but that's not practical. You're going to go get a dress and this... Forget about the, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess you could put a, you know, a scarf or whatever, fart. But the tabah, that's easier to take off. Tabas, you know, once she puts it on, she stays with it. It's, it's tight on the finger. Interesting vart, no? This is what the Tzafnes Panayach writes. <laughs> He says, Venerally, Venerally, the Hine Aimbe Yerushalmi, that if you're Makadish with something that still belongs to you, it's not good. He brings Iran, Mona Enkan, there's a whole Ran in Kedushan of Ches, Mona Enkan, Mashkin Enkan, the Ran says that there can't be any Shaykhs to him. Yeah? So the Makadish that were given at the time of Erasin that are returned because the whole thing falls apart. That's not what we're talking about here yeah. with the Tabas. Yeah, because yeah. Because there's a kid in, she's, she's yeah, she's and it becomes hers. But the Kiddush by him is that it's a keli, it's a lavush. It's not some an asset that she owns. You give her a car, it's a problem. Even though the car may be, uh, you know, a BMW, and it's a little more expensive than the ring. But that's irrelevant, because you have paid us. And, you know, men with cars, they have a, you know, they have a weakness to it, attachment. <laughs> But uh, but the ring the ring is a lavush. This explains why you put on the ring. It's not stam you're giving it. It's not a problem because because you're only kainer her nechassim after nesuyin. <laughs> so you have a year. You understand? So there was a kedushin. Later you get a king and it's not a problem. But now, right when you do it already, there's going to be nesuyin. So it's uh, so a double ring ceremony. Huh? This is the problem with double ring <laughs> ceremony that they say it can't be the same time because. Gives her the ring, she gives them a different ring. Could be like a chalitin. That's why they say it should be done immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, my enough here. So we have our two stages. The tabas creates a dveikus, but a dveikus chitzainis. Bia creates a dveikus pnimis. What does this represent? So he says, Kach, hamitzvis, shagam, shem, chinis chitzainis, alavoshim la nefesh, mikoma, kaim behem, val yadam, nasab, chinis kidushim. in Yiddishkeit, there's two phases, there's two stages. Kachain of mitzvah is the Kiddushin. It's also a relationship. It's also a dveikus. But what's the dveikus? It's nonetheless still external. I place a king on myself. I'm Now when he says chitzayni is here, it doesn't mean superficial. Remember that the Eish is not so superficial. It's very deep. What he means chitzayni is here is that it doesn't penetrate 
the core of the human being. Rather, it defines the behavior of the human being. It defines the gestalt of the human being. It defines the koyachamais of the human being, or the koyachadibra of the human being. It defines more the, he says, levushim lahanefesh, garments to the soul. What's the nekud of a garment? A garment I put on and I take off. I can't change my nose easily. I mean, today people do it, but it's a lot of work and it's a lot of pain. I don't think it's worth it. They look worse. But a shirt, I don't like my shirt. It gets dirty, I take it off. You don't like your suit, get rid of it. And this is a very in- important idea. Machshave dibure maisa are called levushim of the nefesh. Mitzvahs you do with dibur or maisa. I give tzedakah, I daven, I say krishma, I bench, I count svirisaymer, I shake lulav. I run to do a mitzvah, I eat matzah. Whatever it is, I hear shoifer. It's a maisa, a dibur, or a machshava. That's called levushim ha-nefesh. Then there is the soul itself. And the difference is garments you take off and you put on. The soul itself, you can't take off and put on. It's like the body versus the clothes. You can't just change your body. It doesn't work that way. It's very, very difficult. Where garments are very easy to change. You don't like a garment, you take it off, you put it on. And that's the difference between machshava dibur maisa versus a person's inner emotions. I can't just change an emotion. I say, I want you to start liking this person. I don't. What should I do? So maybe I have to meditate. Maybe I have to go through a process. Maybe I have to work it out. But this can take years. It can take months. It can take a lot of toil. Because it's changing a midah. What about a lavush? If I say, I want you to change the way you speak. Say, but I'm not in the mood. Okay, so what? So you're not in the mood. Change what you do. What you do, that's a garment. A garment you take off, you put on. That's the difference between something that's a lavush and something that's more pneumiastic. And the two things, and the distinction is very important because we often don't realize that thoughts, words, and actions are garments. And therefore you can always remove them. We sometimes think that when I'm thinking in a certain way, that is who I am. It's not who you are. It's your thoughts. And just like you thought this way, you could start thinking about something else. And ultimately, your thoughts will determine a lot of your attitudes. So the levushim are very, very significant because they are what we choose to get dressed in. And the clothes you choose to dress yourself up in are very powerful. They say from Rabbi Saul Salanter that he once saw somebody who was very depressed, is very sad. So he said... Your inner, it was on Shabbos. It was on Shabbos. And he was walking around, he was very sad. So he said, your inner emotions are a Rishus HaYachit. Your face is a Rishus HaRabim. You're not allowed to carry on Shabbos from the Rishus HaYachit to the Rishus HaRabim. Meaning, your face, I see. Everybody sees. So it's a public domain. Your inner emotions are Rishus HaYachit. Just put it a little bit in, in, in different language. No, no, it's not at all. The midas, you can't. It's, you could, but it's a big avayda. It's like changing the body. You need cosmetic. <laughs> you need cosmetic surgery. You need emotional surgery. You could do it, but it's an avayda. Levushim, I could change like this. I may not want to change it, <coughs> but I could change it. I can't say I can't change it. You are a master about what you think about. What your thoughts are? You could change your thoughts. No, I can't. No, you could. You could think about something else. You could think different thoughts. Now, we don't realize this because we get carried away with our thoughts 
and they control us, we don't control them. But it's not true. You're sitting at the driver's wheel, and the thoughts come in. You could say, we're now going to think about something else. I, the thoughts are overwhelming, the thoughts are intense, the th- thoughts are taxing, but they're still levushim. And levushim, you change 24 hours a day. The internal composition and character, this takes more avayda. And this is the distinction. Kiddushin versus bia. In a marriage, you have two different states of relationships. In a marriage between an ish and an isha. Generally, I mean, you have more, but generally here we're addressing two of them. Number one, you have the concept of tabas, kiddushin, which he says is kiddushin ve'erusin, she'ibchina chitsoini is balvad ba'dezei miskadashas lai. And then you have a deeper concept, and that is the concept of bia, which is an Indian of pnimius. The first, the first state of Kiddushan is very significant. Because what it does is, it's a commitment in behavior. It's a commitment in behavior. I'm committing myself, why we, we call it external? We call it external, not because, it's not so external. It could be very deep, but the point is, it's a commitment in terms of how I'm going to live my life. This is a person that you're married to. A person you're married to means there's loyalty to this person. You're committed to a real relationship with this person. What does it express itself in? It expresses itself how you speak to the person, what you do for the person and what you don't do for the person, which is what the Ksuvah articulates. You're of this, you're of that, all of the obligations of an ish to an isha, and an isha to an ish. And there are the spoken obligations, there are the unspoken obligations, but the point is, there's a commitment in relationship. And this is what the ring represents. That's what the Zoyar says. It's like tefillin. What's tefillin? Tefillin is, I so to speak... Take my body, and I, I, I wrap up my body, almost like a kesher. Not almost, it is a kesher. It's a hiskashras. Basically, I'm connected to you. I'm committed to you. And that's what a marriage is. He's committed to her, and she's committed to him. And the commitment is unwavering. Unwavering means one day I'm in a good mood, one day I'm in a bad mood, one day I'm in love, one day I'm challenged in the love, one day you're romantic, one day you couldn't care less, one day you regret fine. So what? You're still married. But I'm not feeling. I don't care. Levushim are not dependent on feelings. But you want to blow up. So you want to blow up. So who says that you want to blow up? You have to blow up. So you have to work out your emotions. That's an important phase. But it doesn't destroy or create a relationship. This is what a lot of Americans don't understand. Levushim, levushim you're always in control of. And they are very, very significant because they represent how you live and how a person lives in actuality with the, the clothes I choose to put on. I choose what to think about, I choose what to say, and I choose what to do. Even though internally I may be conflicted, which is fine. I don't deny that. I'm conflicted. But I choose what to put on. I go to the drawer and I decide I'm going today with the green shirt or with the blue shirt why decide a blue shirt today? Or, some of us don't really have a choice, we only have white shirts. <laughs> so we go with the white. I actually have a few blue shirts. <laughs> striped, striped blue. But you choose, you choose what you're going to put on. That's everybody's choice. Yeah, but I'm tormented, but I'm this. Fine! A lavush is not about who you are. It's how you choose to be, to express yourself. And in a paradoxical way, it affects who you are. But it's not dependent on that. And that's the first stage in a relationship, a commitment. Commitment means I'm committed to you. 
the commit that's the idea of Kafalem Harkigigis. Kafalem Harkigigis was basically the Tabas Kedushin, which basically represents that we are in a in a in an enveloping relationship, we're committed to each other. That's the concept of Saim Tasim Why are we calling it Chitzainius? We're calling it Chitzainius because, like the ring, it defines my body, it defines my finger, it defines my commitment. But it's not yet Bia. It's not Biyoim Chasunasa Zemat and Torah. The Mishnah says in Tainus, Biyoim Chasunasa Zemat and Torah, Chasana represents Nisuya, not Ederson. We call a wedding everything. The whole wedding is a wedding. But in Halacha, Chasana is the ultimate of the Chasana. Zemat and Torah. What's the Zemat and Torah? This is the concept of Zivug V'yichud Mamash. What is intimacy? Intimacy is not just people are committed to each other. Intimacy means into me see. Into me see. In other words, just like it is in biologically, it's also spiritually. There is complete penetration, there is synthesis. Two energies come together. In other words, I open myself up to absorb somebody else's love and energy. And they open themselves up to absorb the other person's soul. Now that takes a lot. It's not easy. Do, are you capable of allowing somebody to see you completely? Physically and spiritually. In halacha, like we're learning here in Torah, halacha and nister work together. The Gemara says, If he makes a condition, we're very from, everybody stays in clothes 24 hours a day. The halacha is, it's not going to work. This is not a legitimate demand. So the Balatanya says in the Kutatayra that a Yid comes to Hashem and says, listen, if you want to stay in your clothes, it's not going to work. The relationship has to be vulnerable. Vulnerable. Vulnerable means naked. But we're not only talking physically. That's, that's on the Gashmizdika level. On a spiritual level it means there's no levushim, there's no cover-ups, there's no masks. Here you're going deeper than levushim. But that's not an easy thing. That vulnerability requires tremendous trust. Are you capable of allowing somebody completely into your life without any barriers, without any levushim whatsoever? If you do, then the pleasure of intimacy is tremendous. Because it's not just physical, it's spiritual, it's psychological, it's mental. In, in many ways it's eternal, it's everlasting. It's a binyan adeyat. But it's a hard thing. And without the trust, without the commitment to the relationship, you can't get to the second stage. So we're not here talking about just intimacy, you know, people uh, don't think and they do whatever to, to fulfill a craving. We're talking here about real zivug, is a zivug that means that two people allow themselves to merge completely the level of trust and vulnerability and psychological nakedness and exposure that that necessitates is very profound. Of course we have a choice. We have resistance. Well, with God, of course we have a choice. At least from our perspective. At least from our perspective. Does he know what's going on? Of course he knows what's going on. But the same with your wife. She also knows what's going on. But it doesn't mean you're vulnerable, right? She just knows it on her own. She, she pro- Women generally know their husbands pretty well. But if he's not open, they just process it in their own way, you know? They can't connect to it because they almost have to protect it from themselves. So the, that ability to be able to have zivug v'yichud mamish is a whole different level of the relationship. This is not just I'm committed to you, which is very powerful. 
So Kedushin is very, very powerful. It's not a small thing. Kedushin is a commitment of my garments. Now, you could live your whole life that way, because it's a very powerful lifestyle. When you make a commitment to somebody and you're there. But is it the ultimate relationship? It's not the ultimate relationship. It's the introduction to the second relationship, to the second phase. And the second phase is where two actually merge into one beyond the external. That's not a tabas anymore. That's not a ring I put on somebody's finger which may define them and their actions and may define me and my actions. But rather what it is is, like he says here the Lashem, that's why we don't say Why? We know it's Hashem's Torah because that's the deal. What I'm looking is for your Torah. What's your Torah? It's not my Torah. There's Torah and there's your Torah. Because when you study Torah, you could study Torah and you could study Hashem's Torah. And it's not the same. What do you mean? What's the difference? It means how much of Torah do you see here? Because Torah has so many layers. I'm, I want the Chalkeinu B'Sarizach in your Torah. In other words, in the ultimate core and source of Torah, which is a projection of your wisdom, which then evolves and morphs into all the layers of Torah until the Pshat of Torah. The Pshat of Torah is also Chachmei but it's already manifested and veiled in concepts and terms that are much more applicable to our mind. So if I'm learning a simple halacha, Right? That is Chachmeilah. But it's manifest in a simple halacha with simple logic. But that same halacha you can trace back and elevate and reveal its abstract ideas and the nucleus of it until you reach the ultimate Chachmeilah. That's Besayra Secha. And that's where the Zivuk Pnimi happens because the person experiences the ultimate source of Ein Saif, which is, I'm not just open to you on my terms. I'm open to you on your terms. And that's what intimacy means. Intimacy is, from an English perspective, it's into me-see. But really, it's into you-see. In other words, I'm allowing myself, not ju- I'm opening myself, not just to the other person on my terms, but actually to the other person on their terms. And that's difficult. That's challenging. That's very deep. That's the second level. That's the beginning of Yireh Lot. That can only come after Kachena B'Mitzvah Yisachah. Kesef, you need money. 
a ring. Star, you need a piece of paper. What do you have, Bia? You need nothing. You need you and her. So that's the question. What defines a good marriage? What defines a good marriage? Bia argues nothing. There's nothing before you, nothing after you, nothing outside of you, no legal mechanism, no spiritual mechanism, certainly no religious mechanism. All there is is, I like it, you like it. Let's have fun. Knock yourselves out. Essentially, it's the most romantic version of marriage. Why are we introducing legalistic mechanisms here? Right? Bia. There's only one problem. <laughs> problem is, pritsusa means open, breached. It's open. Something that's open comes in easy, but it also falls out easy. Tomorrow, or next year, we may not be so much in the mood. You know why? Uh, like the Gemara, the Mishnah says, you know, or whatever. Plenty of reasons. Okay, so we were in, we're out. Exactly, that's exactly the point. So Rav understood this. Rav wasn't just discussing a technical vart. But what happens if you have this vart of the tabas, meaning there's a commitment that transcends you? Yes, there are certain limitations to that. It doesn't have that explosive energy. But you know what? In a year from now, you'll still have that commitment. And that creates a safe environment where the bia can then thrive. This is the brilliance of halacha when it comes to relationships. The we all know that orthodox marriages are no guarantee to good marriages. Nobody here is naive enough to think that. That every from marriage is, bl- is blissful. You could speak to any therapist in Muncie and they'll tell you what's going on. We all know that. Marriage takes a lot of work. And more important, it takes two mention. <laughs> it takes two human beings, not an animal and a beast. You need two people who are ready to work on themselves. What it does do is, Torah creates a mechanism that if people want and are committed to it, it allows a marriage to blossom. Is a guarantee? There's no such a thing as guarantees. People have to do work. And here we see it. Because this creates a safe, a safe environment with this trust where then you could work on the Bia. Where if you start with Bia, frankly, it's much geschmacker. <laughs> it's free. It's spontaneous. You know... Huh? It's real. It's it's experiential. That's the word. It's exper- it's fully experiential, and it's about you and me. There's nothing else. There's no shvigger involved. <laughs> you know what I mean? That concept. There's no shvigger. I'm not marrying into a family, which is the other extreme. Sometimes the problem in, in, in from communities is people don't marry people. They marry families. The problem is you don't remain married to a family. You remain married to a person. That's the other extreme, which is a disaster sometimes. They choose a son-in-law because the family is going to work. It's not what your girl needs. It's not what your boy needs. But this has to do with people's issues with confidence and security and if they fit in, if they don't fit in, whatever. It's a separate parsha. That's the other extreme. But the halachic perspective is a very powerful perspective. That the bia is beautiful. It's beautiful now, but there's an open space. Pritzus is an open space, so you could fly right out. That's what happens very often. You know, this life changes. A lot of things going on. You were passionate yesterday, and next year you're passionate about other people. You go on a business trip, things change, right? People get pregnant, people lose money, people's body ch- There's so many things that change. When you have the chitzonius, which means a framework, it's, a framework is always external. That's what a frame means. A frame of a picture is not the picture. A frame is always chitzonius. Well, you know what a frame does? 
A frame allows the picture, yeah, to get protect to stay protected. You have to maybe do other things, but the frame is the external framework. The re- that's the ring. The ring represents the commitment that creates a safe haven where they're not running. There's a certain trust, and in that environment, you can develop a deeper romantic uh, uh, passion, which is what beer represents. Okay, so Kadashena be mitzvay secha, v'sein chalkeinu v'seda secha, right? The middle of Perik Dalet, Siv Dalet, on page 32 in Bamidbar. Page 32, middle of Perik Dalet. The line starts, Al posseg b'yoyim chasunosei zamatim teirish, shibchinus chasunosei mamash. You see, Kamayim Razal, al posseg b'yoyim chasunosei zamatim teirish, shibchinus chasunosei mamash. Again, page 32, page of Dalit, a little below the middle of the page, the first column. So we have the request of Kachena B'mitzvah Secha in summation, saying Chalkeinu B'seid HaSecha. Kachena from the word Kiddushin, from the concept of Kiddushin, Eirusin, Eirastich Lila'oil, Ve'estich Lila'oilam, like we say in Hosea, I will betroth you for eternity, and this is what, through mitzvahs. Kachena B'mitzvah Secha, we become Mekudosh, we become betrothed, married to Hashem Kevayachul through mitzvahs. And nonetheless, it's still not Nisuyan, it's still Erosin. Because Kiddushin, Itaka places the ring on her finger, and there is a very deep connection in the sense that they are committed to each other, Hareyat Mikudeshas Li, which is Kiddushin. But nonetheless, it's still lacking the component of what we call in Allah which is complete oneness, or in the terminology he uses here, there is a relationship that's more p'chinas chitzoinius and p'chinas pnimis. And the summation of what we explained was that one is really a framework in which they can come together, and then there's the actual coming together. The framework would seem more external, in the sense that there is a commitment, there is a relationship, there's a trust, there's a loyalty, but then there is the actual oneness, which is what Bia represents, and in Yiddishkeit, in our relationship with Hashem, which is also a marriage, you have these two components, Kachenu v'mitzvah is the Kiddushin, v'sein chalkenu secha, your Torah, that is, not just the same Tosim alachamelech, or v'yisim Kiddushim lelekechem, which is again from the word Kiddushin, like we say at the end of Krishna, but this is b'sayrah secha, I should have, we should have, our, please give us our part in your Torah. In other words, we should be able to experience your Torah. That's why the Gemara says in Meseches Yivamas, the Gemara says in Yivamas, Very interesting expression in Chazal. Somebody who says, I don't have, I don't need only Torah. I don't know nothing else but Torah. Torah, Torah, Kola, Oimer, Ainli, Altezak, the Gemara. Torah, Yosef doesn't have. Those are the things a person says. Ainli, Ela, Torah. Nothing but Torah. So a Pashtus, it means that a person cannot just say, in my life, I need only Torah. person is Torah, and there's Gvilas Chasadim also. What we would call, you know, being kind, being a mensch. Somebody says, only Torah. The Gemara says, Torah also, you can, I can guarantee you, can I feel the Torah in Here he touches the Maimah Chazal on a, on a deeper level. 
כי אי אפשר להמשך בחינס התיידה במקור ובשער שישי חכמי לא בבחינס פנימיס, בלי קדימס המצוות ובחינס ירד התא, בחינס חיצייניס. כל האומר אין לי תיידה, אפילו תיידה אין לו מינס. Perhaps you can comprehend the seichel of Torah, or at least some of the seichel of Torah, I should say. Some. A certain glimmer, a certain aspect of the intellect of Torah without Yerushamaya. But one cannot become one with the mohus of Torah, with the core of Torah, which is what? Which is Chachmei Law. It's the highest level of wisdom, the source of all wisdom, divine wisdom, which is one with Hashem. And the Ein Saif dwells and is manifested in Chachma. Hashem B'Chachma. And Eiraises M'Chachma Nafkas. One cannot grasp that, cannot connect to that, without the introduction of Yirit Atah, which is expressed in mitzvahs, even though that would seem more Chitzayniyazdik, but that is the only prerequisite. So, Kalaimer, Ein Lielatayra, Filatayra, Ein Lielatayra. If somebody says, I'm going to go straight to Torah, like in a marriage, they're going straight to Bia. Straight to Bia. What do I need? Uh, what do I need the introduction? What do I need the preliminaries, the ceremonials? We'll skip it. We'll go straight to the core. I want Torah. Some shan will be lacking the mitzvahs. Even the Torah, ultimately, he will not be able to have it. That's what the Chazal say. In Meseches Brachas, everybody knows the Mishnah in Brachas, the first period. Sha'achar she'kibbal of El Malchus Shemayim mekabbal of El Mitzvahs. Mora brings there, the Mishnah brings there in Brachas, Daf Yud Gimel, Rabbi Shob and Karchas says, Lama Kadma Parcha Shema Leva Parcha Zvayim Shemaya. Why is Parcha Shema in Krishna before? She'kabbal of Tchilo El Malchus Shemayim, Lacha she'kabbal of El Mitzvahs. First he mekabbal the yoke of the Kingdom of Heaven, Shema Yisrael Shemalakein Hashem Echad, etc. And then you start Vahayim Shamaya, which is the yoke of mitzvahs. See, he says Pshat is as follows. Ki'i Evshali is Ki'im Amiti. Lekabolos El Malchus Shamayan Shiva Parsha Yashayna. Leo is Ali Dezev Dibartabom. Beshiftacha Bevesacha Chuli. Ki'im Ide Oil Mitzvah Samalach Shem Chinas Kedushin Kniskaleo. When we say Kabolos El, there's two parshas of Krishna. Kabolos El Malchus Shamaya and Kabolos El Mitzvah. Again, at the surface level, I'll peep shot. Kabbalah Salmal Chushamayim is the simple conviction and awareness that you have a king, you have a melech, Hashem is your balabas, you have a master, and you're obligated to fulfill his commandments. Kabbalah Salmal Chushamayim, you accept the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. That's Papashtas. According to this, it was a little shver. What's the chiddish? That you need Kabbalah Salmal Chashamayim before Kabbalah Sal Mitzvahs. Obviously. If I don't have any allegiance to you, why should I do your mitzvahs? If you're not my king, yeah. if, an, if, if an employer calls me up and says, the next hour I need you to do this and this, it's very nice. The only thing is I don't work for you. <laughs> there's one little condition. I just don't work for you. There has to be, there's an allegiance. I work for you. You're working, fine. So now my hours, so to speak, belong to you. You pay me for them. So I have allegiance to you. So of course, if there's no Kabbalah Sal Malchus Shemayim, what's Kabbalah Sal Mitzvahs? The Chamil says the Pshita. There's no concept of a Hoyim Shemayim Tishma Mitzvahs Hashem Noich Mitzvah Eschemayim. It becomes meaningless. What does a Mitzvah mean? A commandment? What do you have with me to command me, and I should define my life on you? 
That's why the Balatani here explains a little deeper. Kabbalah Samalcha Shamayim here means something else. It means something, not something else, but something deeper. It's not just the concept I have a king. It's the concept of Yiri Law. It's like when I'm in front, Kabbalah Samalcha Shamayim means when I'm in front of the king. I'm in the presence of the king. In other words, Yiri Law. Kabbalah's al mitzvah is Yiri Tata. Kabbalah's al Malcha Shamayim is the Bechina of Yiri Law. That's why. In the first parsha of Krishna, right after Shman Vahafta, he speaks about learning Torah. Immediately. That's why he brings near this passage. Because as we learned before, Imein Chachma in Yira. The Yira law could be experienced only and exclusively through Torah. Because in Torah you have the Atzmius, the core of the infinite energy of Hashem. So that's why the Chachamim say, don't think you can have Parsha Rishonah without Parsha Shniya. It's not going to work that way. You must have together Parsha Rishonah and Parsha Shniya. You need Kabbalah's El Mitzvahs together with Kabbalah's El Malchus Shemayim. Because without Yirat Tata, it's a package deal. Without Yirat Tata, there's no way you'd be able to experience Yirat Law. So a person says, no, I want to jump straight to the Bia. But the Bia is not going to work without, without uh, Kesef. And it, like, I, like I explained, it could be very uh, transient, very, uh, very temporary. First, there has to be an outer, a more external relationship, a framework to the relationship that creates a haven in which you can be there, put together. And then on that, you can build a very profound profound reality. So spiritually it's also that way. The person has to have an element of refinement, an element of commitment, an element of which is expressed in mitzvahs to be able then to go to step two and experience the full presence of Hashem in his life, the ultimate dveikas and intimacy which can be achieved through and after limit ha So imein yire ein chachma Im ein chachma ein yira. So he only gets the pshat. In other words, you, it doesn't really mean that you have first all malchus shemayim and then all mitzvahs. Because the pshat seems to be the way we always learn the gemara. It's in, if you put it on timeline, time A is when you makabel all malchus shemayim, right? And time B afterwards is when you makabel all mitzvahs. Well, of course, ain't ain't in yotzei medei pshutai. That Kabbalah Salmal Khashamayim comes before Kabbalah Sal Mitzvahs, and that's why Shema comes before Vahayim Shamaya. He's just explaining a deeper, a deeper idea in this, not to be Maitzi Medeb Shutai, because Al Pipshat, there's something difficult here, as I said, Lechad is a Dover Parshat, that Kabbalah Sal Mitzvahs comes with Kabbalah Salmal Khashamayim, that there's something deeper here in the Nakuda that Kabbalah Salmal Khashamayim represents Yiri law. And Kabbalah Salmitzvah represents Yiritata, and one cannot be experienced without the other. And that's why Parsha Rishayna and Parsha Shani have to come together, and that's why Parsha Rishayna is so much focused on Torah. That's what he says. Look at his words. There will never be a Kiyam Amiti for Kabbalah Salmalchus in the first parsha. In other words, the tachlis of Kriya Shema is parsha Rishayna. 
But in order to have Parsha Yishayna, you must include Parsha Shniya because Parsha Yishayna without Parsha Shniya. What's Parsha Yishayna? Kabbalah Salmal Chashamayim, which brings to Torah. That can only happen through Ol Mitzvah Samelech, which is the concept of Kiddushin, because you don't have Kiddushin before Nisuyin. I'm sorry, you don't have Nisuyin without Kiddushin. You don't jump into Nisuyin without Kiddushin. Physically it's that way, halachically it's that way. The same is true spiritually that way. You need to what? I wouldn't call it so much a choice because as we said, it's not something that you could really initiate. It's the experience that comes through Chachma. It's the energy that... Huh? You can open yourself up to it. I don't, it's like... Well, it's like everything in Hasidus. It's, it's people who say Kriyashma for 80 years, and it's, it's, you know, there's layers in everything. It's, it's what you open yourself up to. The same words can be very significant uh, to one person and have a completely different significance to another person. It's almost it's like, the, like the Ramah, I mean, as a missionary Torah, always has all the Koseras about when he gets Nalachas, what's, what's, what's really this all about? Yeah. So he's saying, like, the first Pasuk of Shema is, what's this really all about? The old Malchus Shemaim, Yiri Law. Now let's talk to Tachlis of how it unfolds. Right. Really. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <coughs> the pastors, the relationship between Torah and Mitzvahs is Limud Mevilide Maisa. A person cannot know, cannot do mitzvahs if he doesn't know mitzvahs. So limit ha-tayr is maybe l'day ma'isa. That's for pashtas. On a deeper level, it's the other way around. But he says here that the tachlis is limit ha-tayr. Because through it, a person can reach complete vacas with Hashem through tayr. But in order to reach that, you need mitzvahs. So it's almost mitzvahs could bring to tayr. Ah, yeah, we'll soon see. Yeah. So now we go back to the Indian of Matan Torah. So, so, all this is the Seder Avayda. You start with Yirit Atah, which is Mitzvah, Zimein Yirein Chachma. And then it's Zimein Chachma and Yirit Aino Amshachas Chachvila, Basic Torah. The communication, the flow of the highest Chachma, of the higher, the supernal wisdom in Torah. Shabbat Melubashim Yuchid Yichid Erein Saif. Which in Torah you have the oneness of the infinite one. Achatipal Aloyim of Achatubchinus Mazlayu Chazi. To the point that it can bring a person and bring tremendous awe in the sense of Mazlayu Chazi. The Seder Avayda Zui Shaycha Cheshekwanit Nutaydu Mitzvah Sli Yisra. The Seder Avayda is Shaych after Tayda and Mitzvahs were given to the Jewish people. Avo Bashas Matan Tayda. When it happened at Matan Tayda Shaday and Loyhoi Yisra Mitzvah. Allah Mitzvahs. Jews were not yet commanded on mitzvahs. Then they didn't have the introduction of mitzvahs. So how did they have the communication, the flow, the hamshach of Torah, which is chachmei love with the revelation of Ein Baruch Hu Mamash. 
In other words, by Matan Torah, there was a gilui of Ein Soif Baruch Hu. Everything that's in Torah came out in a revealed way by Matan Torah. And that's why it says, Vayara Om Vayonu. They were overtaken by tremendous Ema. Like the Gemara says, Be'ema, Be'yire, Be'reses, Be'zir. L'cha'ira, to reach this year, you first need the Yire Tatav Mitzvahs. But then they didn't even have Mitzvahs yet. So after Matan Torah, we have Torah and Mitzvahs. So we say, Yemein Yire, Yemein Chachem, Yemein Chachem, Yemein Yire. Then they didn't even have Mitzvahs. That's why the Pasuk says over there, Hashem al Matan Torah is introduced with these words in Parshat Yisra. Hashem came down on Harsina, which means there was a certain an arousal from above, an inspiration from above, the Laela from Milmaila, from above, Hashem's will. on his own, for a temporary moment, that Hashem wanted to reveal his presence to the Jewish people, even though. They didn't have the regular introduction of Yiratata. Nonetheless, the Jewish people understood on their own. There's no way that this is going to become a kvias, ladiris. This will become a permanent thing for generations to be able to experience the Ain Saif only through mitzvahs. And that's why even then they said Nasa. Benishma. And here again, we have a deeper interpretation of what Nasa Benishma means. Literally, Nasa Benishma represents the concept that the Jews said, you know what? We don't have to hear all the details. Nasa we will do, and Nishma then we will hear, we will learn, we'll understand, which is basically the idea that by Matan Taira, Hashem said that you want a Taira, so usually when somebody asks you for a pro- you want a product, you say, let me see the product. Let me study the product, give it to me for a few months, let me study the product, and then I'll tell you, yes or no. The moment they, Hashem says, do you want the Torah? They say, Nasa, we'll do it. Venishma, and then we'll hear. That's on one level. Nasa, Venishma. On a deeper level, they're actually creating a curriculum. Nasa, Venishma is, E-Efshali is Nishma. There cannot be Nishma. What is Nishma? Nishma is from the concept of understanding. Like Shema Yisrael doesn't only mean listen. It means listen, perceive, get it, understand it. There's an expression in Tanakh, Daber ki right? We say in English, I hear you. I hear you doesn't mean I hear you. I, I can hear you, but not hear you. I hear you means I get you. I, I, I comprehend you. So, nishma. there can be this concept of Nishma, which is internalizing the Torah in an internalized way, which is like, first has to be Nasa, Asiyas, the the, do, the performance of mitzvahs, because this allows you to become a vessel, a keli, an open vessel, like a keli, umishkan, and a dwelling place, a sanctuary, without the nasa, the nishma doesn't have where to dwell, it's very powerful, but there's no person who is an open keli for this type of relationship. Oh, so by, by Harsina itself, this if it was like Bia right away. But they understood on their own that this Kvius Ladoidus could only happen if there's Yiri Tatar first. So that's why they said Nasa, Nasa Venishma. That's going to be what we're accepting on ourselves because it's not a short term thing, it's a long term. Then it was a short term experience. But this is a long term. That's and that's why Takamatan Torah was so dramatic. You know, Koilus and Brokim and Parchan and Shmason. 
finance was like was like was like was like a commitment or a commitment, yeah, a commitment. So also like a commitment yeah. before the yeah, yeah, yeah. The year at the time that Yidin fell on trail of a pre right? But that was Yiri Law. So yeah. the, God, God showed up. That was Yiri Law, Yiri Law, Yiri Law. Oh, okay. Even though there were no mitzvahs. So he says that was a special Gilui service of the Which one was Yiri Law? No, no, no. What happened at Matan Torah? Yeah. Yeah. A commitment for Yiri Tatan. And Nishma is Yiri Law. This is what Chazal said. Gemara Mesechta Shabbos, Daf Peches. Mi Gila Roze. It says when the Jewish people said Nasa before Nishma, Hashem said, Mi Gilo Lebonai Roze, the Gemara says. This is a Mesech the Shabbos, the section about Matan Torah. Who revealed to my children this secret? <coughs> What's the secret of Adamus Nasa? What's the secret? <laughs> What's the secret? Nasa, you ask me, I'll do and then I'll listen. What's the secret? Mi Gilo Lebonai Roze, it's a secret. Shehoye Be'emes Pchines Roze. Because then there was a secret, Shehoye Helam. A secret means something that's concealed. Secret is not about how many people know it. It's about something that's by nature concealed. Because then, what was begilui was that the Torah came out before the introduction of the mitzvahs. That time, before mitzvahs were given, the Seder, that's necessary for the permanent experience of Ein Soif, it was still a secret. It was still Begeder Soif. It was something that wasn't revealed yet in the world because there was no Nesinus HaMitzvahs yet. And the Torah was given as a unique Gili, a unique Chesed. It's that the Jewish people understood then a Soif that was still Behelem, that was still a secret. They understood this idea that without Nasa, you're not going to be able to have Nishma in a long-term relationship. It's interesting, huh? the way we've learned till now, I understand the secret How is this the secret? This is This is not the secret You mean Nasav Yeah, You're asking a good child. What's, what's the, the Gemara says there that this is a secret that the Malachim, Malachim knew, Malachim used. What's the Shaykh said to the Malachim? Uh, Malachim used for them or against them? Moshe uses against them, Moshe told them you don't have the mitzvah. That's also the Gemara there, yeah. It's a Yesh You have Mitzvah Kibadav, you have this. No, no, that's good. So there's actually another member of the Balatanya that addresses this also here in Shavuos, because Torah Shavuos Maimarim. It's a little bit of an Arichis. I'll say the Mitzvah Shem tomorrow who's answer. But I want to say one Nekuda, which is also an intro to it. There's a famous question of the Beis HaLevi. Beis HaLevi in the Sefer al he has at the end, he has Drushim, so I think it's Drush Tazayin or Yudzayin. He asks a very interesting question about Nasir Benishma. Fascinating question. There's a halacha in Shulchan Aruch in Chayshem Mishpat, in Rambam, Hilchas Mechira, that if somebody 
makes a deal with somebody else. For example, I tell you, I'm going to feed you for the next 10 years. And we make a kinyan. Let's say you give me your gartel and I lift it up, it becomes mine, which is called a kinyan chlippin, and in lieu of that, I, so to speak, commit to you this obligation. I commit to this obligation that I'm going to support you for the next 10 years. And his witnesses and everything is... Uh, nobody's denying it. I'm not obligated to fulfill it. Why? Because it's a dover she'en like kitzvah. Meaning, I didn't know what I was getting into. If you give me a price, you say I need $20,000 for 10 years of food, I commit, I commit. But if it's a dover she'en like kitzvah, it's so nebulous, the aside by Kenyan is there has to be gemiras das. You have to assume that both the buyer, the seller, the giver, the taker know what they're getting into, so that there is, it's a consensual commitment. If it's just in the year, if it's abstract, I'm not mechayif. Davr she'en le'kitzvah. You have to know what you're getting into, and if not, it's not considered even an obligation, because it's easy to say, yeah, I'll be here, people, I'll be here for you for the rest of your life. What, what does that mean, you'll be here for me? Well, you'll be here for me. I'll get you close. Tell me what. If you tell me what, that's the halach. Asks the Beis Halevi, if so, Nasev was meaningless halachically. Because what's Nasev We're committing to do, but you don't even know what. So if Hashem would say, okay, I need you to do 613 things, and you say, yeah, it's a Yishchaivos. But they didn't say, yeah, on that. They said, Nasa, whatever you want, it's ain't like Kitzvah. You don't even know what you're getting into. If you don't know what you're getting into, halachically, you're not obligated. Because it's like a Mekach we don't believe that a person should be held accountable on something that they didn't know in advance what they're getting into. It's just not fair. It's unjust. I think it's in secular law also that way in America. It's not considered a Kenyan. It's not what, considered a Skypus. Here we have a lawyer. So that's the Beis Halevi's answer. He says that he saw this question in a Sefer. He doesn't, know, he doesn't remember which Sefer. That's what he says there. The question is also asked by the Chidah. So it could be that's what he meant. The Chidah asks the same question. Is he saying, I don't want to read too much into what he's saying, he's saying that a conceptual understanding of Torah is not shy without a, a practical interaction with Torah? Where, in this mime are you saying? In this mime. What I'm hearing, and I, I, just want, I don't want to read too much into it, but if, if I want to have a conceptual understanding, if I want to have a nishma of, of an Indian, I would have to ask somebody who has a Nazi. <coughs> I guess if I ask somebody who has no shaykhis in, in Lamaisa and I'm looking for a conceptual understanding it's going to be lacking. It's going to be lacking. Yeah, I think it's part of it. That without the Nazi you won't be able to have the Nishma. So the person could be a god, the person could have a tremendous Nishma, but if he's not if there's no practical application, it's, it's, uh, it'll be lacking. No, I think it's true. It's certainly part of it. So this is what the Beis Halevi asks. So he answers as follows. He answers a very interesting answer. He says, can a person, can I, can I be makna myself that I'm going to be your employee for the next 20 years? Or avdus, let's take avdus. A person sells himself as an evid in Allah, right? An evid for six years. Yeah, it works. I, the master doesn't write down everything he's going to ask him to do. One day it may be gardening, another day it may be harvesting, a third day it may be 
cleaning, maybe so many other things. So it's again, there's no chizchayvus. The answer is, it does work in halach. Why does it work? Because the gather of the shibud is not on the details. It's on the person. I am becoming your servant. I belong to you. Bemela, Bemela, we're talking about under humane, sensitive Torah conditions. We're not talking about oppression, like Sir Debay Beforech is an Avera. But under normal, humane circumstances, Bemela, whatever you ask of me, which you can ask of an Evid, according to the Torah's terms, I'm a Choyev to do. I, I didn't know what I'm getting into. If I'm mischayev myself, I'm money, I'm going to support you for 20 years in terms of food and clothes and shelter and all your needs. What, what money? What? How much money? It's not, it's not a mischayevus. But here I didn't, I wasn't mischayev myself to give you something specific. I gave you myself. That has a kitzvah. I know exactly what it is. I took me. <laughs> I took me and I gave that over to you. Ah, that's yeshle kitzvah. That's, that's not a problem. So he says, by nice Nishma. It wasn't a hischaivus on, we're going to do whatever you want. No. Nasev and meant, we belong to you. We know who we are. We're taking ourselves, and we're entering into a relationship. I belong to you. My life is connected to you. My life belongs to you. Or to put it in this context here, Hareyat Mikudeshesli. What's Hareyat Mikudeshesli? What? I belong to you. I am your spouse. The husband belongs to the wife. The wife belongs to the husband. Like the ksuva. It's not just a detail. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. There's that too. There's certain pratim. You mischayev yourself. Whatever you mischayev. Whatever that, you know, certain different weddings, different tenayim. But the point is, there's a shibut on the goof of the person. On the very, on the gavr. It's not on the chefza. It's not on what I'm going to give you. It's on the person himself. That's yeshle kitzvah. Now, that's a pretty big commitment. Avdus is not like any other commitment. I am yours. That's together. So the Beis HaLevi says, that's why even halachically and legally it works. And as a result of that, he, this he explains a very interesting thing. That afal pi yisrahu. The halacha is that a Jew who sins is still a Jew. And not only that, halacha, even a mumar, in other words, a Jew, everything leaves everything. So according to many poesim, kiddush of kiddushim. He's Makadash Anisha. You don't say he's a goy. You need a get. He's a mummer. He doesn't. He's not a Jew anymore. He's not a Jew. Halachically, he's still considered a Jew. Afal Pishachot, it says by Ochan. The Gemara says, Sanhedrin, Yisrael. Or as some people say today, Afal Pishaloichot to Yisrael, which is sometimes harder to understand. Even if he's from, he's still Jewish, even if he's your neighbor. So. What's the Havana? What's the Havana? The Beis Halevi says as follows. He says something very beautiful. He says that in Hektish, there's something called Kinyan Domim and Kinyan Haguf. Kedushas Dom, Kedushas Haguf. If I do- dedicate my, uh, my iPhone to the Beis Hamikdash, yeah? It's called Bede Kabayis, yeah. So it belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. So the halacha is, I could redeem it. What do I mean I could redeem it? I could redeem it, I can give the money for it. If it's me, myself, I add a fifth and it comes up. Kedushas HaGuf, I take a sheep and I'm dedicated to a carbon, I can't redeem it. Unless it becomes a Balmum, so it's disqualified. But as long as it could be a carbon, there's no pidyon. Why? Because this, the guf is not holy. The value of it I dedicated. It's $100. $100 to the base of Mekdush. 
The goof is not connoited. But a but carbon is Kedushas HaGuf. The goof itself is holy. So there's absolutely no opinion. Maybe they could use the form of the Beis They probably could use the form of the Beis HaMikdash, but it's not Negea. It's not a carbon. It's not a carbon, yeah. Even if you give an animal, but not as a carbon, just as an asset of the Beis HaMikdash. Like you give a bookcase of the Beis HaMikdash. You give a, a safer, a video camera, whatever it is you give, it's the value. There's another interesting difference between them, and that's when it comes to Me'ila. You're not allowed to use something that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. If you do B'Shoigig, you have to bring a carbon. We say it every morning, Asham Me'ila, so you have to pay back with Arachoymish. It's a process called Me'ila, if you do it B'Shoigig, inadvertently. What happens, so let's say this belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, and I use it. I use it. So I, it's Me'ila, so I have to pay back, I have to add a fifth, I have to bring a carbon. But you know what? If you use it after me, nothing. Ain me'ila acha me'ila. Because once I used it, it went out l'chul, and now it's mundane. Now I have to pay back everything. But there's no me'ila after me'ila. Because once one me'ila happened, it's all over. It was already, so to speak, made mundane. That's by Kedusha's Daman. By Kedusha's Haguf, it's not that way. There's me'ila acha me'ila acha me'ila acha me'ila. Because even if I'm moyal, I misuse it, I still cannot take it out of Kedusha's Haguf. So this is what the Beis HaLevi says. If you tie in a Nishma was an Indian of a commitment to do mitzvahs, so then the Jew says, my time, my resources, my value belongs to Hashem. That wasn't Nasev Nishma. Nasev Nishma was Kedushas HaGuf. Kedushas HaGuf means my very mitzvahs, my identity belongs to you. My I belongs to you. But Mela, what you want, I'll do. But it starts with the I. My very I. If it's it's Kedushin, it's If that's the case, so it's Kedushas Haguf. So he says there's no Pidyan. Afal Pishachata, and there's no Me'ila. Afal Pishachata Yisraelu. There's no way you could take it out Lechul. He says the Jew could become an apostate, he could convert to another religion, he could become an atheist, he can abandon everything. But he's not going to be Yotzel Lechulin because it's Kedushas Haguf. And even if there's me'ila, in other words, it's misused and it's used inappropriately, the Kedusha Saguf remains because it's not Kedusha's Domim. It's the very guf became divine. That's what that's the Nekuda there. It's a very, very fascinating discussion. He says it's the difference of a Jew and a non-Jew, halachically and so forth. And he's masbid the whole sugya and Shabbos based on this as well. This, I think, gives clarification to our discussion here. This is the framework of Kedushin. What's Kedushin? Kedushin is not Nesuyin. Kedushin means we belong to each other. Once you have that commitment that you belong to each other, now you can have Bia. Now you can actually let each other experience each other fully. If you don't have this of belonging, then you don't have the safe environment where people can have into me see or into you see because it's too, it's too dangerous, it's too vulnerable. It's too transient. Only when they have this nakuda of Kiddushin, even though relative to B, it's still Chitzonius. Nasa relative to Nishma is still Chitzonius. But what's Nasa? Nasa is not just a commitment to do. It's like he said before, I'm going to put on tefillin. Remember, by Nasa they weren't discussing any, they didn't even know the mitzvahs yet. They didn't even know the mitzvahs. So what was it? It was a commitment to a relationship. Before you, it's not Yiri law, it's Yiri Tata. It's not Yiri law. 
Here he loves a complete meltdown, so to speak, complete oneness. But once you have that, you can then have the second stage. This was the secret they understood. Why is it such a secret? Because in a moment of tremendous inspiration, usually it's very hard to understand this. Put it simply, when B is happening full force, it's very hard to step back and say, tomorrow it's all going to be over. When people are on top of the game, the hardest thing is to say that tomorrow it's all done. Because it's so good and it's so beautiful, who wants to say that? And who is even in the mental state to be able to say that? It's a complete secret. The problem is, a year later, that's exactly what's going to happen. So that was the great secret. Hashem was very impressed. Mekilah Labanai Raza, that during that Matan Taira, instead of being swept up with the moment itself, but it would be only short term. They said Nasa Nishma, they understood that Ladeiris, the only way it's going to work is if there's going to be Nasa and then Nishma, Hamshacha Chitzainis, Hamshacha Pnimis, Mitzvahs, and then Taira, Kachena Mitzvahs, Agabas, and Chalkena Besedasach. And, and then I'll be mashed with Hashem the Nekudah with the Malachim. You'll see, based on this, we'll understand the Mitzvah with the Malachim. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.